What were Jesus's last words? Go out into the whole world and make disciples. This Catholic podcast will help you respond to that call and invitation from our Lord. Together, we'll learn from leaders in the new evangelization, those out there on the front lines witnessing to God's love, and discuss tips that you can implement today. So what are you waiting for? Go make disciples. So I love starting with questions, and today's question is this. Have you ever left a job, an assignment, or some kind of task that you had invested a lot of time in, and you had that almost like inner embarrassment where you knew that you left something on the table. You knew that you didn't do the job that you would have liked to, or perhaps that uh, the thing that you really came to accomplish, like what you said you wanted to do when you first showed up, you didn't actually do. And you know, even if other people were happy with the way you did things, um, you know that you, especially in church work, like you had, you had high hopes, you really wanted to bring people to the Lord and you know, you didn't do it. Um, that's, I think that's a reality for a lot of people where in, in granted times, the root of that is that we put way too much effort or emphasis on our own ability and it's prideful. But at the same time, there, there can be that sense that the Lord has offered something to us and we didn't accept it. And, uh, we didn't embrace his vision his opportunity, his mission. Instead, we built something in our own image. And uh, we want to talk about that this episode and how we can avoid it. And uh, I'm going to use an example to illustrate what I'm talking about. So uh, year, years ago, probably close to um, 13, 14 years ago, the, the bishop of my diocese held a diocesan-wide series of meetings where he solicited feedback in every region and it was just a big listening session. So we, we just did an episode on feedback. That's kind of interesting. He just sat and listened to people say everything good, bad, and indifferent. And he took it and documented it and then tried to do something with it. And um, I remember he told a story about a lighthouse saving club. And he said in the, you know, in the Northeast, um, there was a club and it was a group of people who gathered together and they said, we are going to start a, a, a life saving club. Um, and they, they, uh, operated out of a lighthouse. So they would turn the lighthouse on so that ships could see. And if any of the ships wrecked, then they would go out and they would rescue the people. And uh, they did this for a while and it got pretty popular. And people from around the town that said, you know, I'd like to be in the lighthouse or the life-saving club. And so they joined and as uh, they saved more and more people and they had more and more members, they had more resources available to them because people would make donations. And so they were able to clean up the lighthouse and they were able to uh, to make it a little bigger and a little nicer. And they, they could afford, you know, better uniforms and nicer boats. And um, all of a sudden it became a mark of prestige to be a member of the life-saving club. And uh, at a meeting one day, somebody said, you know, we might want to reconsider bringing people here when we save them because this is so nice. And uh, we, ha we have such a good time here. It really kind of disrupts our meetings and, um, maybe we should do something different. And so over time, the life-saving club turned into a social gathering and people actually weren't interested in life-saving at all. They were interested in, in socializing. Um, and uh, as, as time went by, somebody realized, you know, my, my grandparents and my parents were a part of this and this is not what their reality was. They did something different. They were mm -hmm. actually interested in helping people. And that person would gather a few others and they would break away and they'd start their own life-saving club. And they started off really well. They were focused on the right thing. But eventually they got comfortable. They got good at what they were doing. 
and they would go through the same cycle where they would turn inward and they would focus on themselves. And um, if you don't yet see that I'm talking about the church, <laughs> um, I hope you do now. Hmm. And that, hmm. um, yeah. We, like, we exist for one thing, and it's to evangelize, and it's to make the gospel known. And I don't think it's a stretch to say, here's the problem. Our main job description as Christians is to bring the gospel to all nations throughout the entire world and teach people what Jesus has shared with them. Uh, yet I have never been a part of a parish that did this, that made it like any concerted effort that I remember. Now there could have been something I missed, yeah. but there was never an effort that was, that was well publicized and that people were invited to participate in. And it wasn't ever told, like we were never told, this is your responsibility to preach the gospel, to proclaim the good news of Jesus to people who weren't Catholic. And evangelization was something that you did inside the, the club, inside the church. And that's a problem. And um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to beat up on ourselves too much, but I um, like, the church has been very clear since the second Vatican council, we are meant to go out. And there's this constant like going out and returning. We like, we bring the gospel to people. We come back and we sit at the feet of the Lord. Hopefully we bring people with us so they can sit at the feet of the Lord. And then we go out and they go out and we go out and they go out. We come back and we go out, we go out, we come back and then we go out. Um, but I think we have really turned inward. What about you, Justin? Well, going back to your original question, I've ever left a job, knowing inside I didn't fulfill the mission. Yes, I've left roles before where I felt good because people really were happy I was there and it looked nice and it looked pretty. But deep down, did I really accomplish all I was meant to accomplish? And I agree with you, Dan. It's because I didn't I didn't trust in the Lord enough to do something amazing and incredible. Um, so, uh, you know, I do agree with you. It's, it's a tough thing for Catholics nowadays, because we look at the culture around us and we think, oh, it's so far, you know, people are, you know, the, the culture's against us, that it's part of that is, I think, why we've turned inward and we're trying to just protect kind of our, our tribe and carry it on. But um, we definitely need to embrace that we have the truth that society is looking for because we have the answers. You know, I saw yeah. an article about Bill and Melinda Gates getting divorced. And the, the headline said, what hope is there for all of us? And my friend texted him. It's like, Jesus, that's the, that's the hope for every marriage. We have the answers. Yeah, yeah. So we need to live that way. Now, the one thing I will, uh, I don't know if I'd say counter, but just, I think the, the um, nuanced layer about Catholicism is as Matthew Kelly's has cited, 7% of people at a parish are your quote unquote dynamic Catholics that make everything happen. So I think there is a mission field often right in the pews, but everything we do to energize and try to grow from that 7% and light them on fire should be about sending them out and um, going and getting those guys that have, have left for other, you know, uh, faiths that don't have the fullness of the truth or those that have left the church entirely. We should always be, after an experience with our Lord sent out in mission and there's no negotiable around that or else we're not, we are not uh, embracing the whole message. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed. And I mean, like you said, if if there is focus on internal formation, it's so that we can embrace that mission of going out. To be able and to I go actually, out. Yeah, I actually think for a lot of those people, what would be very efficacious for them is if they saw us going out, if they saw an intentional effort on the church, because eventually they're going to say, well, I'd kind of like to do that, or I wish I knew how to do that, or like, what's that yeah. all about? Well, also, you know, Bishop Barron, I uh, listened to a great video he had about evangelization. He talked about even like his experiences being out on forums and responding to people. It's an adventure. It's like going out into battle and sometimes yeah, you're going to get yeah. cut up and bruised and you're going to lose. You're going to yeah. get outsmarted, outwitted, embarrassed maybe, but that's the only way we're going to learn. So we have to get more and more comfortable engaging with people that don't see things eye to eye with us, loving them. And it's it's really like we've talked about in our show many a times and in our book, it's we the only the best way to learn is by failure we have to be okay and comfortable with failure too yeah yeah so there's uh, one one kind of cheeky way of saying this is um sometimes we get good at the wrong things and we only need to be good at the main thing um yeah. and you know when we were in the episode when we were talking about feedback we said give people feedback when they're doing the wrong thing early so that they don't get really good at it and get entrenched in it. Because if people start to like doing the wrong thing, then they're going to get really frustrated when you tell yeah. them to stop. Um, and, you know, consider the early church that one of the, the most poignant, beautiful descriptions of the early church is in Acts 2, right around verses 43 to 47. Um, and this is the, the last line in that. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Um, I love that verse. But what if, what if it instead said, and day by day, the Christians talked to one another about how cool it would be to go out, but they never <laughs> did. <laughs> and yeah. um, I mean, it, like they they went out, they brought people in and um, it's a challenge. Yeah. Like um, America is a hard place to evangelize or, you know, Canada is a hard place to evangelize. Australia. Uh, we have I, we it's really interesting to check people's downloads where they're coming from. We have people all over the, the world right now. Um, wherever you are, it's probably challenging to evangelize. Everywhere but it's, right it, like, now. It's rewarding. That's what the Lord has invited. He, he held, holds out his hand and says, come with me on this adventure. But it's so, easier than ever to go out into the world because it yeah. may not be street preaching, especially in times of COVID. But yeah. on social yeah. media, my goodness, it is such a great opportunity to witness yep. and go out So um, and draw yep. people back in. We talked yep. about this a few episodes ago. It can work, too. Will social yep. media help you evangelize? episode 35 uh check it out folks yes it can and that's one version of going out yeah indeed so we have five questions that we want to share with you that we will we think will serve as a good self-assessment for you and um, the first one what percentage of your budget so if you work at a parish or a ministry or a diocese what percentage of your budget goes toward evangelization and by evangelization, we mean efforts that are intended to create relationships with people who are not already members of your parish or, or don't already attend. So they like they're yeah. they they never show up. You never they see them. They never come. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and I yes. don't you know, there is no right answer for what that number should be, what percentage. But I know what it should not be. It should not be zero. <laughs> um, like if it's one percent, that's better than than zero. You know, like I don't know. It's probably not fifty. It's probably not seventy-five. Maybe it's thirty. Maybe it's twenty-five. Maybe it's ten. But it's got to be a non-zero number. Yeah. It. It even. Um. 
it kind of goes back to marketing principle because sometimes people think that you cut your ad spending and that's going to help your business, but you're not bringing in new people. So it actually is really hurting you. And then other people will take up the market share and steal them from yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah, if, if we're not investing in evangelization as a church with our money or with our time, other people yeah. will pull them away. And it's not necessarily other faiths. It's the culture. Right. It's transgender. It's, it's the struggles, transgenderism. It's the struggles of what's going on online. Yeah. If we're not yeah. out there, someone else is going to take up their time. So yeah, I, I, I think you're right about um, it could be time or budget. Budget's just such a such a great litmus test. Yeah, because it I tells mean, it says what's important to you. Like how you yeah. spend your money is like almost by definition what's important to you. Because um, yeah. it's, yeah. it's value. It's what do you value? And money is a measure of value. Uh, well, I I think we talked about this a little bit in our fundraising uh, episode with Andrew Robeson from Petrus Development because we talked about that, that people even want to give more money to missional organizations. If they're like, we're building a gym, that doesn't sound quite as good as we're building a, an activity center that's going to house this staff that will have these missions to yeah. serve these people. Yeah, yeah. Um. So our, our next question, or to, to go back to that, like you're right, people will, um, if they, if they're convinced that what you're doing is core and central to the gospel, I think they're, they're more likely to support it. Um, look, at focus. look at focus right now. Cause it yeah, is, yeah. it is hitting a pain point for many people that, you know, college age kids, where are they going? Focus is a response and that's why they are, are doing well, so well in that yeah, area. Yeah. They're bearing fruit and they're, they're like all 100% of their budget is going towards evangelization. Yeah, pretty much. That's well, that's they, they've done a great job. Why do they exist? Yeah. That's why they're there. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, so the next question very similar is what percentage of your parish activities exist for non-Catholics? What do you do to go out? Um, so not just how much money do you put at it, but how much time and how much, uh, how, how much of your personnel, time and effort do you put towards that and again it just can't be zero um we're gonna learn like we're probably not very good at it and that's okay but we get good by practicing and doing it better and so go out check it out and you will get better as you do it and and i'm not talking about proselytizing and street preaching and bible thumping this is um in developing real friendships with people and um listening to people and recognizing when you have earned the right to be heard and share your faith. Um, but we don't do it in a manipulative way. We befriend people authentically and we share the faith authentically when they are ready to hear it. Yeah. I have a uh, friend that left the Catholic church, right? Or is not practicing. And um, his uh, significant other uh, invited him to her non-denominational church. Literally the week after he gets a giant welcome basket to his doorstep. Oh man, are you kidding me? As a Catholic, yeah, that ever, the, we don't do that. We just yeah. don't do that. I'm sure there's some parishes yeah. that are, but 98 percent of 99 percent of parishes do not. Yeah, do I've we never, make people never feel so lovingly? Yeah. Do you think that made an impact on my on my uh, friend who hasn't been going to who hadn't been going to church for a long time? Yeah, you bet you did. did. Yeah. First time he and I had talked about church in years, right? Wow. So are we are we doing things like that that will wow people to show them they are loved because that is a part of evangelization is loving them. 
you know, like the prodigal son, I mean, my goodness, you know, um, not just a, not just a quarterly breakfast for new members, but, you know, making registration easy and simple. And, um, when we get that new registration, really making an effort, I actually, I have to shout out a parish I used to go to in, uh, in, uh, back in the sunshine state, Dan, because we, we didn't, we joined that parish. Someone from the parish welcoming committee came to our door, met us, gave us a packet of information. It was wonderful. So that yeah. should just be a, you know, it's, it can be as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you can, if you can afford a gift basket, awesome. But if not a phone call, a handwritten note, something a like that is note. meaningful. Um, yes. Knowing saying, I'm praying for you and your family. Thank you for being a part of our community. You know? Yeah. Wow. So the next, I'm going to roll the next question, the next two questions together. So do you, does your pastor, do the associates, do the, does the parish leadership, the, all your lay leaders, all your ministry leaders, do you invite people or help people come into a relationship with Jesus, especially who are not already members of the parish? So when's the last time you ask somebody about their relationship with the Lord? When's the last time you invited somebody to consider becoming Catholic? Um, those are like, if we're not doing those things, we should have a very good reason why, because that's what Jesus asked us to do. And part and parcel of that is, do we train our staff? Do we train our team to do that? Do we know how? Is that a part of our culture? Do we feel comfortable telling Jesus's story? Do we have it rehearsed? Are we passionate about it? Can we make, can we do it powerfully? Can we tell our story? Can we talk about what God has done for us? Are we embarrassed about it? Those mm -hmm. kind of things are like, if we make that the norm in our culture, praying together, praying with each other, not just a generic, you know, like memorized prayer, but do we pray from our heart? Do we pray from our gut? Do we pray for people who ask for our prayers? Do we ask the Lord's guidance? Um, this will start to change the way we do business. Yeah, I uh, I had the blessing of being a part of a campus ministry in college my senior year. So when I was coming back to the faith, but it was an it was a interdenominational Christian ministry, the Navigators, and I have to say that was a very missional organization because the things they emphasized for us to do, they taught us how to tell our own personal testimony. They taught us how to illustrate on a on an index card or a napkin the simple gospel message of what Jesus did for us on the cross. They taught us to take prayer walks through campus, praying for people. They taught us to approach people on the beach or on campus and have a conversation about Jesus. Very, very missional. Yeah. Man, yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if parishes did workshops like that or taught people those kinds of things, Dan? Yeah, it would. And we it should just do that. Part of the culture. We should do that in our diocese. <laughs> yeah, let's just do it, man. Yeah, but but seriously, it's I mean, just that story of you know telling people what the Lord's done in your life, and you don't have to have that like Saint Paul falling off a horse moment. It can be little things. It can be little miracles you've seen in your life, but. It's yeah. all part of building that culture. Yeah. So our, our final question is related to RCIA. And it's, um, do your RCIA uh, RCIA numbers or the, the number of 
you know, like adult baptisms and people um, coming into full communion and getting baptized and uh, entering at the Easter vigil. Does that indicate that you are actively bringing people in or are those people just kind of drifting in and they, um, they just, just happen, happen to, to come have, in the doors? Yeah. Like they just happen you know, to have converts this year. Yeah. Yeah. They like you're the first parish, you know, or are they, are they becoming Catholic because their girlfriends want them to be yeah. or because their fiancés want them to be? Um, or, uh, you know, did they, did they think their way in? Did that like, was it their own personal quest? And you just happened to be the parish that answered the phone when they were making their calls. Um, like those are great. I want to, I want to be able to support and respond to those people, but we should generate some of that too. Now it shouldn't just be a passive thing where we receive people into, into our CIA, but it should be like, we should be intentional about going out to, to bring people in. Um, and you know, I think, um, the, those numbers can be a little deceiving because we might say, well, we had 20 people this year. Well, how many people did you go get? How many people were you responsible for? Or was it all just passive? Um, and yeah. the like, I love the passive yeah. response, but I'd love an active go get them attempt. No. Amen, Dan. I, I love that you're always emphasizing that that really is the litmus test. And uh, if we all made that our true north, new converts yeah that's a great indeed. that's a great metric a great bar yeah. to keep keep looking at um i uh i think what can happen a lot in communities is we become very good managers managing the community making sure the budget's okay making sure everybody's happy making sure everything's okay yeah and that is not what jesus called us to do he called us to yeah go out in mission make disciples make more disciples because then if you aim for that the other stuff will take care of itself but if you're focused on like more just kind of self-preservation you'll never get to that next part which Agreed. is missional yeah. and that, not that that stuff's not important like you said but it it's not the main it thing. only like we only do that for the main thing and if we're not doing the main thing we should we don't need to be doing any of it like if we're not going to play ball yeah. like nobody shows up to the gym just to show up to the gym they show up to lift weights like if you're not going to lift weights don't even bother getting dressed well i think the good news is say you might feel like you're in that self that more that preservation mode here's here's the good news if you're doing really good bible studies like for example soon I'm, i have the opportunity i'm going to join a group of men for a study of the book of acts if we do that study well we should be going out to evangelize people when we're done with it yeah you know i mean Indeed. so if gosh i mean if we're if we're celebrating the eucharist well what, what do we say at the end of mass you know i mean if we if we just live the faith the way it's meant to be lived and do it we will we will be sent out so that's the good news is we don't necessarily have to change what we're doing but we have to just change our focus right and i i think divine renovation was really a pioneer in in reminding people of this because i love in uh father mellon's book when he i love the story i mean it's the story probably everyone remembers that's read that book is when he had to like talk to this group that had their what was their card night or their game night and he was like people don't need card night you know they need or no, no <laughs> he was trying to tell them like why this this group really isn't a priority because it's not focused on evangelization and the, the woman just looks at him 
so angry. She's like, people don't need Jesus. They need card games or whatever it was. That is what can happen uh... if we lose if we lose our focus. If we get focused on self-preservation, because you can go to mass and the whole time be thinking about yourself. Yeah. But if you go to yeah. mass and the whole time you're thinking about Christ and what he's yeah. asking you to do, it will send it it will send you out in mission. It's just what yeah. happens. Indeed. Indeed. Well, that's a good place to spot. Christ, it's a good spot to stop. Christ sends us out on mission. And um, next time we're at Mass, let's remember we're not just there for ourselves. The Lord invites us into this family, and He wants us to bring more to worship the Father correctly. Uh, and we're, we're made to love Him and love one another. And in that, we will find who we were meant to be. So God bless you all. Let's go. Make disciples. Mm-hmm.